أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لله ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وعند بدو ما في أنفسكم أو تخفوه يحاسبكم به الله فيغفر لمن يشاء ويعذبه من يشاء والله على كل شيء قدير آمن الرسول بما لا نفرق بين أحد من رسله وقالوا سمعنا وعطعنا خفران ربنا وإليك المصير بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله السماد لم يلد ولم يلاد ولم يكن الله كفوا أحد صدق الله العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم I had a question in the week about dua Somebody wanted to know if you consistently make dua for something and it doesn't get realized. How should one experience that and how should one deal with the inevitable disappointment? The feeling of not being heard, of being cut off. It strikes me that we need to, in the first instance, examine the purpose of dua. You remember, or you may not be familiar with this, but in the personal excellence program that we train, particularly outside of the Zawiya, when I train it to people who are a mixed group and a commercial group, there's a piece of the process where people will write down their major concerns onto a rock. And they would then throw that rock at some point in the process. And they throw it as far as they can to the horizon. What they don't realize is what they're doing is they're making a dua. 
they're taking what concerns them and they are entrusting it to Allah. They're entrusting it to the totality of the other. That's a very fancy word of saying he who is fully manifest in the moment that you're in. We say Allah is outwardly manifest. His face is that which speaks to you as the outward. So you are taking your concerns and you're leaving it with him. Dua should have that character. The purpose of Dua is to entrust what concerns you to Allah. It is to forego the outcome that you are trying to manage. To disavow the outcome. To hand the outcome over. It's consistent with the advice that the, the Rasulullah gave to the Bedouin who approached him about the camel. And the man said, well, you know, if I trust in Allah, does that mean to say I don't have to tie my camel? And he said, uh, you tie your camel and you trust in Allah. What does that mean? You do the best you can in the moment that you're in and you entrust the outcome to Allah. You leave the outcome to Allah. The purpose of dua is to learn how to forego outcomes so that you can give full attention to process, that you can give full attention to the moment. In this sense, dua is, is, is if you like, it's, it's a way of learning an alternative approach to time. One of the implications of the discomfort that we suffer when uh, we don't have our dua realized is that we feel that we are sort of our interests and what we construe to be our interests have been somehow left out of the decree. What is the use of making dua? If before endless time, Allah has already denied the thing that I want to ask for. In that sense, I'm the, uh, I'm the hopeless puppet completely handed over to the decree and my dua is, uh, is a futile thing trying to influence something that was already ordained before endless time. The, what dua done properly allows you to explore is the truth that the decree was not that which was pronounced before endless time. The decree is that which happens now. And has only ever happened now. That our whole approach to time is faulty. If you consider how we normally think of time, we think of time as, a, as, um, as three portions to time. 
There's that which has gone before now, we call that the past. There's now, the present, and then there's the future. And if you consider how much many, how we generally occupy our thoughts, most of us are constantly worrying about what's going to happen, or we're concerned about things that have happened. Most of what goes on in our consciousness is not about what Allah's putting directly in front of us. It is what has gone before and what's coming afterwards. Which basically means to say, we are of the view that the, the most important part of time is the past and the future. It is almost as if you're using a size metaphor. We say, past is big, and future is big, and now is just a tiny spot in the moment. What dua helps you to do is overturn that understanding. Because dua is supposed to deliver you to the door of the real. And the real isn't just a fancy metaphysical idea. The real refers to that which is. Surely, for anything to be to exist, it has to admit of both a place and a time. There's both a sense of where about something that, that is real, and there's a sense of when about something that is real. You need both of these parameters. If you were to have a where, a place, but you weren't to have a time, then you cannot exist. If you were to have, uh, 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 on the other hand, you were to have a, a place, a time, but you wouldn't have a place, then you also wouldn't exist. These two realities of, of when and where are the things that are necessary for something to exist. Now, the problem is that this, this, this when the only when that is actually real is now. In what way can something that happened in 2000 be considered to be real? Can you take me to there, to then, and show to me that that's exactly what happened? Nothing that has happened in the past exists other than our recording of it. Is the movie of the thing the thing? Is the film of the thing the thing? Is the description of the thing the thing? No, it isn't. So anything that we, are, that we refer to in the past isn't there. It's no longer, you can't take me to it. You can't show it to me. You can't show me the past. You can show me the footprints of the past, which is how it exists, is, presents itself in the moment that we're in now, but you can't show me the past. Which means to say that the past is illusory. It is not this big thing that we consider to exist, uh, you know, sort of that precedes now. It's, a, it's an empty thing. It is not there. And it's similarly true for the future. You can't take me to the future. 
You can't put me in your little future vehicle and take me to uh, tomorrow and let me see the breakfast you're going to have. All that is, is now. All that is, is here. That's the only thing that ever is. Which means to say a proper understanding or a proper use of time or a view of time sees the moment that you're in as, I mean, it's like here. It's like a space where things come in and things go out. There's a, in the, the moment that you're in and the, the, the year of the moment that you're in, this year, is like a, it's like a, a, a room. And the room has two doors. It's got a door on the one side that's got future written on it. And it's got a door on the other side that's got past written on top of it. And it's the nature of this room that it cannot contain all things. What happens is things come through the door that's marked future, occupy the room for a short period of time, and then leave the door that's marked past. If I were to invite you to walk to the door called future and open the door called future and look in, you would see nothing. Similarly, if you walk to the door past and you open the door past, you looked in, you would see nothing. The only thing that is ever here is in this room of the present. What dua does is it gets your attention back into this room. Because the outcome that you're trying to manage, this thing you're asking for, you're leaving it to him. Says, this is not my affair. By making dua, you are by definition saying to your Rabb, this thing I'm asking for is no longer my affair. I've left it with you. Because that which exists, that which doesn't exist isn't my affair. I can't look through that and say, wow, you see, that's the thing I'm going to get. That doesn't work like that. The only thing that is real is what is in the room. And what's extraordinary about what's in the room is that it actually defines in both directions. You know, particularly with the history that we have, as Africans, particularly as South Africans, we have the sense that we've been violated by our history and that we are damaged beings as a result. It's all of what's being done to us. We don't realize that the thing that happened to us then only exists in our description of it. And we have a choice about the nature of that description. You know, I, I used to know somebody, very, very close person, who had the most unbelievable ability to, in hindsight, turn something into a curse. It doesn't matter what it is that happened. At the time, the person might say, no, this was a wonderful thing. You speak to the person a month later, and she says, no, that is so awful. Is this, you know, it would be a, she saw the thing as a curse. And you get somebody else who, it doesn't matter what happens to them. They will, in hindsight, say, you know, it was the best thing that happened. It made this possible. They see it as a blessing. 
That thing that happened doesn't exist independently of the description of that thing. It is the description of the thing that is real. That thing is no longer real, it is gone. The only thing that exists is its traces. And where are its traces? Its traces are in the narrative we hold about the thing, the description we have about the thing. Which means, it is not the past that produces the present. It is the present that produces the past. It is your, your description of what has gone prior to now that actually gives what is prior to now its character. It, the, now isn't the small thing that is at the end of a long development of stuff. What has gone before now is the small thing that is defined by what's now, what's in this room of now. Similarly, we are encouraged to have a good expectation of Allah. Allah says to us, I am my slave's expectation of me. In other words, if we assume that what's going to come through that door that's got future written on it is only going to be blessing, it will only be blessing, no matter how unpleasant it seems to be. Both the past and the future can be absolute blessings given how you deal with this moment that you're in now. The way we deal with the past is by istighfar, by just covering, foregoing our sense of guilt. The way we deal with the future is by dua, foregoing, letting go of the outcome we're trying to manage. Both of these are things that bring us back into the moment so that we can do that which our Rabb wants of us now. We can turn this moment that we're in into something beautiful, into something which is an expression of our awe and our worship and our love of Him which is the only thing that matters. Nothing else matters. So, when you have a sense of despair about your dua, then you need to revisit what the purpose of dua is. The purpose of dua isn't to precipitate a future other than the one that you think you're going to be having. The purpose of dua is to forego that future and to entrust it to the one whose problem it is in any case and to, so that you can bring your attention back to your problem, which is to make this space, this now, this moment that you're in, a wonderful moment. May Allah grant us newness to him. Amen. May grant us annihilation in him. Amen. May grant us death before we die. In Allah, wa malaikatuhu yusallu al-nabi. Ya yuhaladina amanu salli alayhi wa sallim taslima Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammadin abdika wa rasulika nabiyyum wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim taslima subhana rabbika rabba izzatiya ma yusifun wa assalamu alayhi wa sallim wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi wa sallim